This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on Sirius XM. Guess what? I've got just the person. I'm delighted to say joining us on this part of our show is Evan Horowitz, who's the CEO and co-founder of Movers and Shakers, which is a creative agency that specializes in spreading joy, just like through TikTok, Mm -hmm. through digital disruption. We're happy to have you back, Evan. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much. You guys are delightful hosts, so I'm thrilled to be here. Excellent. Awesome. We really appreciate your time, Evan. Well, I mean, let's start by even talking about what digital disruption means, because I think that's something yeah, that means let's start there. different things to different people. Um, you know, for us, it's um, it's all about helping our clients punch above their weight in terms of the reach mm-hmm. and uh, and engagement that they're able to get at a given budget level. So when I think of something as disruptive, what makes it disruptive is that it's an out-of-the-box approach that's getting extra reach, whether that's because it's inspiring participation or user-generated video creation, whether that's getting buzz in the PR and media perspective, mm-hmm. but somehow it's because it is disruptive, unexpected, it's it's creating ripple effects that allow the brand that's running the campaign to just get uh, to get better than expected impact for their given budget level. And that oh, obviously is attractive. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting because I don't think of disruptive that way, but you're you're basically thinking about it almost as a multiplier, it sounds like, mm, a way right. to get extra credit for whatever you put in. Interesting. And so Whereas let me I think of I think of disruption. Let me just let me just see if it's part of it. A, a different way of using media. Um, so disrupting existing rules and principles. Is that part of it too, or do you really just think of it as this multiplier? Well, I think one's a means to an end. That's how I see it. So absolutely, I agree with you, Barbara, that it's because you're using media a different way, the best the best impact that you can hope for is that you get a better than expected result, right? And so it's not just, for us, it's not about being different just to be different or being mm-hmm. new just to be new, but yes, absolutely. How can we use things in a different and unexpected way that will create that extra multiplier effect? Yeah. Right, right. But it's a multiplier, but that's also disruptive because it is changing the underlying model. Going back to America's point, even if there was a pre-show about Super Bowl has always been pushed out. But mm-hmm. the idea of you participating, to me, that is disruptive mm-hmm. and might have this, mul- this benefit of multiplier. But it's also I would think that the engagement is higher quality, um, even mm-hmm. if it didn't multiply. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Higher quality and higher amount of time and thoughtfulness Mm -hmm. involved. You know, I think the way at Movers and Shakers, we map out the evolution of advertising is, you know, originally it was really uh, just about conveying your message, right? And it's very one way. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then that evolved to be more entertainment first. So I think most marketers at this point understand that the best commercials are not just ads, but they're really entertaining and that you're able to create that emotional I wish more people got that. I I agree. Not everybody's (laughs) there yet. Um, But but entertainment first, you know, especially when we're talking about the younger generations, if that's Gen Z or millennials, they really do expect that marketing be entertaining and they're Mm -hmm. really turned off by an ad, right? Mm -hmm. But the next evolution beyond entertainment first is participatory, where you're actually inviting the users to co-create, to use your word, Barbara, to co-create the marketing with you. And that's what we see in a lot of our campaigns is people are actually making videos on their own and putting those back out there Mm -hmm. or raising their hand and saying, I'm going to be part of the campaign in different ways. And Mm -hmm. that's super exciting because that creates a level of dynamic emotional engagement with the brands that is really, really powerful for building that brand love. 
this is a this is actually a linchpin of something that's quite exciting for what you guys do uh, at Movers and Shakers, and that is to say, create this kind of engagement. But what? How do you create like? I, I love the, the notion that we talked about before where you were educating us about, you know, if you can put out like a recipe for consumers to to take in and then like I'll make my own video version of this kind of in with my own style. That's one level. But then the second order, how do you think about like getting them to do more and more and more beyond that first order to tap into what, you know, Barbara's saying here, where you're trying to get deep kind of additional cascading of this kind of engagement. Right, that's Talk the multiplier. That. The multiplier. Talk about that, Evan. Yeah, it's a great question. Let me let me share an example of a campaign we did recently that I think actually bridges between this educational piece as well as the marketing side. Uh, you know, last summer we launched the first ever TikTok native reality show. This was a campaign we did for Elf Cosmetics. Mm-hmm. And um, basically it was based on two insights. One is a consumer insight that a lot of Gen Z on TikTok wants to be an influencer. They want to be what we call TikTok famous. Mm-hmm. And the second insight is just about the brand, Elf stands for empowering its community to go after their dreams. And so we created this reality show that was all about helping TikTokers become better influencers or becoming an influencer, making that leap forward. Mm -hmm. So we actually put out a call to action through three of the top TikTok beauty influencers saying who wants to nominate themselves to be on this reality show. And we got 3000 people making TikToks to nominate themselves to be on the show saying, hey, I wanna do that, that sounds amazing. So now imagine we're getting 3000 people creating those videos, raising their hands, saying how they think this is so cool. They love the brand. They want to be involved. And then we selected three lucky winners who got to go through a month long, what we call the beauty camp, where Mm. they're being mentored and trained by these really big TikTok influencers on all the tips and tricks of of what that takes to to succeed as an influencer. Mm. And we broadcast that in daily episodic series on Elf's brand channel on TikTok, where you got to see snippets of the training, the coaching, the challenges. So imagine sort of like RuPaul's Drag Race meets, you know, America's Next Top Model, but made in a TikTok native format. Mm-hmm. And it was so successful. People loved it. It got over 40 million views. Wow. It grew the following of Elf's channel by 50%. And more than that, it was this constant stream of participation where the general public at home could participate in the challenges as they happen on the show, making TikToks on their own channel. Uh-huh. And the ripple effect was just really big. So to help us understand, Evan, how do we make sure that we don't do something stupid in the sense of letting our, because the brand is our asset. So in some ways, if we, if we even partly turn that over to consumers, we're opening up to a certain extent, some risk associated with the brand. So how do you make sure that that, that risk is, is minimized in terms of getting consumers to co-create? The short answer is you absolutely cannot control it. And it is absolutely a, a big point of concern for many brand managers. What we see is that people eventually divide into two camps, either the ones that really want to maintain that control and therefore continually shy away from this sort of disruptive and participatory campaigns. Mm -hmm. And the other ones who just understand that ultimately you are co-creating your brand with your consumers, whether you like it or not, and are much more willing to just jump off the the abyss and into the deep end and see how it goes. And yeah, absolutely. There's things that we do to guide the consumer behavior, but ultimately you cannot control it. You will get 
crazy and, and undesirable repercussions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the best that we can do is try to steer the campaign so that that's, those are way outnumbered by the brand um, fans and, and their voices. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, what we see is the brands that are really succeeding in the market right now, especially with the younger generations that driving that brand love have been willing to give up a significant amount of control and embrace that they are co-creating their brand with their consumers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the other side, you mentioned it, but I just want to reiterate it because I think there's a bigger lesson there that the other side of this is it's happening whether you want to listen to it or not. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the problems that the legacy brands are doing are if they're not allowing their, their customers to speak back or to participate with them, they okay. might be losing that loyalty and they're not finding it out till too late. Mm. So it's not even a function of control because in the end, where does the brand sit? It sits in the customer's head mm -hmm. and whether or not you're listening, that doesn't necessarily change their point of view. Thank and you. I actually think this is a huge lesson for a lot of the legacy brands that lost a lot of market share before COVID. And we all had this nostalgia, you know, to go back to the brands we used to eat. They were just so out of touch with their consumers Mm -hmm. that they didn't realize it until too late. So, you know, Americans is talking about this as loss of control, but you can also think about it as a, a way to listen and stay mm -hmm. in touch with your consumer. Mm -hmm. Well said. So now there's a trailer. What, what trailer, is trailer? Yeah. <laughs> Please help me. That's actually was going to be my point. Let me just yeah. tag on to that question because I don't know what trailer is either. And it suggests it's a certain segment, kind of to America's point. Who knows about this stuff and what what products are they interested in purchasing? Well, you know, part of what we try to do at Movers and Shakers is follow where consumers are spending their time, you know. So it's not just about being on the latest thing to be on the latest thing, but it's mm -hmm. about where are a given group of consumers spending their time. And as we see their preferences migrate, they're spending less time on Instagram and now they're spending more time on whatever it is. Could be Clubhouse. Triller is one of these up and coming social apps that's similar in format to TikTok, has a little bit of an older demographic. Uh, so, you know, the reason to be there for Elf was just because they recognize that a bunch of their consumers are there and um, how do you engage them and build that love and in a way that feels native to the platform. And, th and that, that last thing is something that we think about a lot. Disruption is good when it feels organic to the consumer, right? We don't want to be disruptive and jarring. Like what the heck is this brand doing here? They don't get it. Mm -hmm. We want to be a brand that gets it. So when we enter Triller, we recognize that Triller is really driven by the music community. Uh -huh. A lot of the labels and musicians uh -huh. are big investors in Triller. Uh, and so that's why the holiday album and creating original music fit very well with that environment. What do you see, Evan, as the biggest thing, biggest pitfall in using these kinds of uh, platforms? Yeah. I mean, this is a new channel. What, 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 what is what are the big mistakes that you might make or yeah. things that you better better damn well be careful of? Well, that's a, that's an easy one, and we we touched on it briefly a few minutes ago. It's you need to enter each platform in a way that is native and authentic to that platform. And the big pitfall or mistake that we see so many brands make is they really copy paste their strategy that's worked for them somewhere else into this new area. You know, for example, uh, we joked about the Super Bowl earlier, but how many companies? I mean, we mentioned it. Companies are trying to recreate their TV commercials on social, and it just doesn't work, right? Or now we'll see someone they want to enter TikTok, but they're just still thinking about their Instagram mindset. Mm -hmm. And what's made you successful on Instagram is not going to make you successful on 
TikTok. What's made you successful on TikTok is not going to make you successful on Triller. And mm -hmm. so I think that's the learning curve that's hard for brands and why I think a lot of people come and seek out movers and shakers is because they really want the shortcuts so that they can enter in a way that feels authentic to the environment. Well, Evan, we're out of time. So I want to thank you very much for, for being with us today. And if our listeners want to learn more about you and your agency and your point of view, where can they go to hear about all of this? Yeah. So my company's Movers and Shakers. You can find our website at moversshakers.co. That's two S's in the middle, moversshakers.co. Mm -hmm. um, you can find me on LinkedIn, Evan Horowitz. I'm sure we can put the my LinkedIn notes in the show notes here. Uh, and I post a lot there just about digital disruption in general. So that's a good place to follow us. If you want to reach out to Movers and Shakers, we're hi at moversshakers.co. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.